Welcome back, guys. Today, we're going to talk about the three ways and only three ways to fix this real estate market coming in 2022 and into 2023. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. I am Josh Zuniga. This is the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with my wonderful host, Carl Freund. Great intro. Thanks. We, I, uh, I've been brushing up on it. I've practiced about five times. Yep. It's all Love good. It. But today, we're going to talk about the three ways that you and I have come up with on how to actually fix this real estate market You know, coming in 2022. Dude, there's only three ways. And 2023. Or Anytime. Yeah. Let's talk about the first one, right? So yeah. there, here's a big thing, right? We've been seeing it on headlines, you know, um, major tech companies are just having mass layoffs. There's going to be a huge rise in unemployment. We just actually looked up the stat for Q3. Yeah, can I throw interject for two seconds? There, yeah. Because I want to give you the fundamentals behind why tech stocks really, really get hurt. Yeah, let's, uh, let's give a little drip in there. When interest rates go up, tech stocks are always the first ones to kind of lose ground, right? Because the cost of capital for them increases and they can't borrow to expand. So understand the fundamentals of why interest rates abnormally affect tech companies other than other industries. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let me just put that out there right now. You need to know that. Keep going. Cool. So as the employment rate has continued to rising, we just looked back at the stat of Q3. Unemployment rate, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't believe the status. It only went up by 0.2. Is that correct? Yeah, to 3.7%. There's no August. way. I can literally just count off of the headlines that I've seen. There's probably a million million people laid off within the last three months. For sure. From major tech. Yes. Right? A lot of it's happening in tech. Yeah, okay. For sure. So one of the ways that we were talking about things can actually fix the affordability within uh, this marketplace is wages going up. Yeah. Okay. That is probably one of the hardest things that's actually going to happen. And that's probably going to be the last thing that's going to happen. Historically speaking, if you look at the wage uh, income growth, you know, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, probably even further back than that. It's flat. It is literally flat. Yeah. Everything else has gone up. Prices have gone up. Homes have gone up. The cost of living has gone up. And our wages have just stayed completely stagnant. Now, if, if this is going to be a solution, do you think it's actually going to be a viable solution that's going to be within the Not in the short market? term. I can't, I can't see it happening in the short term. And so what we did see prior to COVID was really a squeeze on the employment market where you know, there was a lot of competition for employees, right? So we were basically saying, hey, look, I'll pay you whatever you want to come and work for me. You yeah. know, and we saw that continue through probably Q1 of 2022, and that market kind of switched off, right? So where employers are really pulling back. They're being a lot more conservative. You know, their cost of raw materials and goods is going up too. So for them to produce a product or service, employees in a lot of industries are probably only a small fraction, maybe 20% of their overall expense. The other 80% is really subject to a lot of inflation too. So when they're seeing inflationary pressures on the other 80% of the raw materials and goods that go into manufacturing or into, you know, providing a service, when they're getting a squeeze there, they're going to look at the employees and be like, dude, I don't have any more room to pay you. You know, and so that labor market is going to start to open up as you see layoffs in tech and as you see layoffs in the real estate industry, as you see layoffs in the construction industry, that gap is going to widen, unemployment will increase, and then the inflationary pressure on wages is actually going to go down, meaning that there's going to be less incentive for employers to pay employees more because there's a lot more people available to work. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? So that's off the table. What's number two? Interest rates. Obviously, this is the very hot okay. topic, right? So yeah. we're at seven, seven and a half percent right now. <laughs> Literally, if you're just, lucky, yeah. Literally, yes. from August till now, October, yes, first week of October, 
your rate, your payment is probably going up another thousand dollars. Well, yeah, it depends on your price point. But if you, you were know, in the fives, yes. If, if you're in the five hundred thousand, if you were getting quoted in the fives up until now, okay, two percent, two percent, two percent up. That is wild. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, and so what you need to understand too is that there's a little bit of dysmorphia here between high tax states and low tax states. Mm-hmm. Let me touch on this for two seconds because it's going to go into the third way that we can actually start to fix this shit we're in. Yep. So, in higher tax states, it's your tax bill. Say if it's a thousand, dude, you can go to New Jersey or New York, and your taxes and your property could be a thousand a month. Right, so if your mortgage is a thousand a month and your taxes are a thousand a month, then understand that your tax bill represents fifty percent over your overall payment. Right, in lower tax states such as Arizona, if you have that same thousand dollar a month payment on the mortgage, and your taxes are only a hundred dollars a month, then now your mortgage component of your overall payment is ninety percent, much more sensitive to interest rates. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm trying to paint a picture for you here. States like Texas, New Jersey, New York, most northeastern states, the old school states. Illinois. Illinois, you know, uh, Chicago's a mess. But those higher tax states are really not going to see that price fluctuation as much because the mortgage component is just a smaller percentage of the overall payment. Okay. Not sure where I was going with that. Um, But with interest rates going up and down, understand that the affordability gap can really be impacted by a small change in interest rates because it's so highly leveraged. So when you do only going up 3%, you're like, what's 3%? Well, in payment terms, it's massive. Absolutely. So if you go from 3% to 6%, yeah, the interest component of your payment is doubled, essentially. Mm -hmm. But it's only a 3% increase in, you know, interest rates, but it's highly leveraged, you know. So what we did see back in, gosh, you know, probably Q4 of 2021, when we're at 2.875% or even, you know, Q3 of 2021, we saw in the brief moments of 2.25% when we were really getting aggressive with rates. And then the government was subsidizing a lot of the mortgage-backed securities market. Got them going deep on this thing. So the government guys, you should understand, back in 2012, they started to subsidize and basically buy these mortgages, artificially depressing the interest rates required because the government doesn't need to make a lot of money on these loans, but private institutions do. The government did pull out of that mortgage-backed securities market, I believe in May or June of 2022, which left private institutions to fill that gap, got them going even deeper in causing interest rates to go up even more than what we've seen. Now we have inflation and you can see the that's going on. Okay, quack that out. And so what you're going to see here is that as rates go back to basically stoichiometry, which is like the, the perfect equilibrium between, you know, what the, the private institutions need and what they see for as far as inflation or, you know, required with the, what the people want to pay. Honestly, mortgage markets should be in the five and a half to six percent range for a thirty-year fixed mm-hmm. conventional loan, which is what we see in in the government subsidized loans right now, FHA and VA. So, we have a problem right now with inflation high. I cannot see interest rates coming down in the foreseeable future. I'm talking about six to nine more months. Now, the Fed keeps raising interest rates on the federal funds rate, which we've talked about in previous episodes quickly, right, to really uh, tampen or uh, reduce the amount of demand for capital because it makes capital expensive. Uh, you're not going to borrow money at 40%, right? You'd bu- you borrow as much as you could at 0%, which is what we've seen. That's exactly if I give you a, a big spread there. And so we are in a really, really tight place, which only leaves one more correction available to us. What is that? What is number three? Price reductions. Price reductions. Yeah. And so nationally, Last time we had an, uh, an episode on this, we saw 83 markets um, that were down. Now they're saying there's 156 markets. I just read an article, um, you know, just the other day, you know, on that. So 
within Arizona, we definitely have seen, you know, probably a 15 to 22% um, reduction in price based off of your area. That's not every area. That's just saying for the greater Maricopa Phoenix area here, you know, within uh, within Arizona, mm-hmm. the other markets have been hit, you know, significantly higher, you know, than that. So, is are these rates? This is the biggest thing. Obviously, everything's going to be predicted off of these rates and the buyer sentiment going into these markets, right? So, as rates continue to stay or continue to elevate, price reductions are going to continue to keep going down and down. And they down have and to down. until we reach equilibrium where the average person making an average way can afford an average house. That's a long way as away. In all honesty, if we yeah, continue to go is. up for six to nine months and we still have the reductions, in all honesty, right? If the payment increased by a thousand dollars, you know, say in the last three to five months, okay, that house would have to be reduced by almost a hundred thousand dollars just to make up for that difference. I believe it's more than that, dude. Probably yes. So, I think we did the calculation. It's like one hundred and ten. So I think we ran the numbers on it. We did training the other day. Uh, my days are all kind of messed up, messed up, but. We said back when you know, interest rates were like two and a half percent, a five hundred thousand dollar house would be equivalent to a nine hundred thousand dollar house, you know. So the payment differential between those rates. So let me say that again: a nine hundred thousand dollar house at two point whatever percent it was is the same payment as a five hundred thousand dollar house at today's rates. Yeah, there's a four hundred thousand dollar gap there that you have to cover. That's a big gap, man. That just tells you. That just tells you. It's obviously with wages not increasing. Interest rates still rising. Prices still, you know, obviously at a good price, you know, if you're still a home seller and they haven't dropped substantially, but who's to know uh, once, you know, quarter one of Q3, uh, quarter one of 2023 actually happens, what's that's really going to look like? And just like we were saying, we had this on a different episode. If that black swan event happens, you know, we get attacked or there's some, you know, introduction to war, that's going to create a lot of havoc, you know, in a lot of people's minds and a lot of markets, not just the real estate market, are going to be affected by by what's actually going to be happening and occurring with them. Yeah, man. I mean, the best way to get us out of this, honestly, is for the government to manufacture a war. Not to get political or anything, <laughs> right? But I mean, if you look at historically what's happened, every time we get into economic trouble, what happens very shortly after? Yeah, rise. Well, we get a, yeah, we get a we get a we get a war, mm-hmm. right? And so it's happened almost every decade, like clockwork, dude. Yeah. And yeah. you see it, guys. If you take a look at like how many times you've entered war, it's usually every ten years. So we essentially are overdue. Yeah, I mean, if we you are about overdue. It that way. I'd hate to say that, but we are overdue for some event event to we'll actually occur. And I think setting up with this next election is probably going to be the pedestal that's going to happen and occur on. I don't want. I don't want any a part of it. I don't yeah. want anybody to actually you know go overseas and do anything like that. There's going to be a lot of families and people that are going to be affected by that and. A lot of people die and get it's, hurt, man. It's, it's unfair, not cool. man. It's unfair. You know, unfortunately, I think our government is the one that's going to manufacture a lot of that. Yeah. And so it's really disappointing. Yeah, it is. So we'll end on that, guys. So the only way for this actually market to correct itself and by the end of this year or even next year in 2023, it may even continue it in 2024. Number one, it's going to be wages. Number two, interest rates actually have to decrease at some point in time. Number three, the only way to actually cover that gap if those other two don't work is going to be reducing prices. Nailed it. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We'll see you on the next one.